She was tall and lean, but she had a firm full bust, and yet she was no longer young. Her complexion was brunette, but pallid, as if she had always suffered from malaria, and this pallor set forth two big eyes and fresh rosy lips that seemed to eat you. In the village she was called La Lupa, the she-wolf, because she was never satisfied. Women made the sign of the cross when they saw her pass, always alone, like a big ugly hound, with the vagabond and suspicious gait of a famished wolf. She would bewitch their sons and their husbands in a twinkling of an eye with her red lips, and she made them fall in love with her merely by looking at them out of those big satanic eyes of hers, even if they were before Santa Agrippina's altar. Fortunately, La Lupa never came to church at Easter or at Christmas, nor to hear Mass, nor to make confession. Padre Angiolino of Santa Maria di Gesù, a true servant of God, had lost his soul on her account. Maricchia, poor girl, pretty and clever she was, secretly wept because she was La Lupa's daughter, and no one had offered to marry her, though she had nice clothes in her bureau, and her own little piece of land in the sun, like every other girl of the village. One time La Lupa fell in love with a handsome youth who had just served out his time in the army, and had come home and was helping to reap the notary's harvest with her. For surely it means to be in love when she felt the flesh burn under the fustian shift, and on looking at him to experience the thirst that one has in hot June days down in the lowlands. But he went on with his work, undisturbed, with his nose on his sheaves, and he said to her, Oh, what's the matter, Nya Pina? In the immense fields, where the only sound was the rustle of the grasshoppers flying up, while the sun was pouring down his hottest beams perpendicularly, La Lupa was heaping up sheaf on sheaf, and pile on pile, without ever showing any signs of fatigue, without one moment straightening herself up, without once touching her lips to the water jug, so as to stick close to Nunni's heels as he reaped and reaped. And now and again he would ask, What do you want, Nya Pina? Once she told him, it was while the men were sleeping in the threshing floor, weary of the long day's work, and the dogs were howling through the vast black campagna. I want you. You are as handsome as the sun and as sweet as honey. I want you. But I want your daughter. I want the young calf, said Nunni, laughing at his own joke. La Lupa thrust her hands into the masses of her hair, scratching her temples, without saying a word, and went off, and was not seen again in the harvest field. But the following October, when she saw Nunni again at the time when they were pressing the oil, because he worked near her house, and the rattle of the press kept her awake all night. "'Take a bag of olives,' she said to her daughter, "'and come with me.' Nunni was shoveling the olives into the hopper and shouting, Ahoy! to the mule to keep it going. Do you want my daughter Marikia? demanded Nyapina. What dowry will you give with your daughter Marikia? replied Nunni. She has her father's things, and besides I will give her my house. It will be enough for me if you'll let me have a corner in the kitchen to spread out a mattress in. If that is so, we can talk about it at Christmas, said Nunni. Nunni was all grease and dirt from the olives put to fermenting. 
and Marikia would not have him on any account, but her mother grabbed her by the hair as they stood in front of the hearth and hissed through her set teeth, If you don't take him, I'll kill you. La Lupa looked ill, and the people remarked, When the devil was old, the devil a monk would be. She no longer went wandering about. She stood no more at her doorway, looking out with those eyes as of one possessed. Her son-in-law, when she fixed those eyes on his face, always began to laugh, and would pull out his cloth talisman with its effigy of the Madonna to cross himself with. 